This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I love music. I love movies, and I love reading books. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to tomorrow is that my son Knox is going to have his first real birthday party. And I say that because it's in the summer, and so school uh, ended last week. And so it is kind of tough to see, okay, students come to this uh, party in the summer, and we'll, we'll go there, and we'll do all that sort of stuff. But um, for Knox, it, you know, he's... Um, he doesn't really care too much about what other people think, and yet he kind of does. So he's a lot more aware of things now, and he's going to be six, and I can't believe that. But um, So he's going to have his first real birthday party with um, people that he knows and that he um, befriended this year. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. Plus, it's like Chuck E. Cheese, so you know, that's always good. Yeah, we'll be there. Um, also, uh, the thing about that I love about being a dad is that I love the, the bedtime routine because I read for with both of my kids. So Laura and I kind of switch off. One time I'll um, put Knox down, I'll read to him and everything like that, and then same thing with Jackson. And even though he's 10 years old, I, I still read to him and he, he still loves it. And he reads to me now some, and then, and then we'll read together. But one of the books that I'm reading for with Jackson is Percy Jackson and I think it is called Percy Jackson and the Battle of the Labyrinth and so I love anything mythology anything dealing with all that sort of supernatural stuff whatever so that's great and then whenever I get into um, to be able to read to Knox there's a lot of different things and of course he has his favorites but one of his favorites is this one right here and if you've never seen it or heard of it before um, it's this right here, and it says, Pete the Cat and his magical sunglasses. So, I bring that up because there's a lot of good things that you can learn from children's books. And, I just, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing for you, but what I will do is I will kind of give you the gist of it. So, Pete is having a bad day. He's having a really bad day, and he needs some help. And so Toad, who is normally a very grumpy Toad, he gives Pete some cool blue magic sunglasses. And with these cool blue magic sunglasses, he can say this, the birds are singing, the sky is bright, the sun is shining, and I'm feeling all right. And I do it like that because um, Knox does that with me, and he does the whole kind of thing there, feeling, all right. You know, I'm channeling my inner uh, Matthew McConaughey. Um, so he goes on, and he starts to help other people. He starts to help the um, uh, squirrel, and then he helps the turtle, and then he helps the alligator. And so he helps them because he's been helped. He helps them also. But then something happens, and he breaks these cool blue magic sunglasses. And I'll leave it there for now, but this is the kind of conflict that happens. And everything has been going really, really well, and then something 
happens that kind of stops everything. And now what is it going to do without these cool blue magic sunglasses? So I'll stop it there for now. But we too can get ourselves in some sticky situations. And for one reason or another, we get stuck. And sometimes when it comes to our faith, we come, and particularly whenever we're receiving a call or a direction, a particular direction, or even a challenge that we must follow from God, we get that it's not always easy. And many times we're kind of fearful of that because it's way out of our comfort zone. It's something that we're going to have to do that's going to change our lives, that it's going to change us. And we don't like change because change means kind of loss as well. And so I would hope that whenever you do receive this, this challenge or this call upon your life or this direction that God wants you to go in, that you would hear it and you would respond immediately. Just like I would like my, my uh, students to respond and just like I would like my um, kids to respond whenever I say, take out the trash, clean your room. I'd like them to respond immediately. But you know as well as I do, that doesn't always happen. And it doesn't always happen with us. I mean, I have to admit, if, you are, if that's you, great. You respond to things, awesome. You're ahead of the game. I'm not like that. If you're anything like me, you will hear this word from God, and it will be met with some resistance. Maybe even denial that you heard it from God in the first place. Because like I said, if you hear this, it's going to mean that you're going to have to change. You're going to have to get outside of your comfort zone. Things are going to have to change. You are going to have to change. But the call on somebody's life isn't just for pastors. It's, it's for anyone. Because God, God does have a call on each and every person's life. It has a direction given. It has a challenge maybe to overcome or maybe to implement in somebody else's life or even in your own. So instead of running away from God, my hope and my prayer is that when you hear this call on your life, you hear this challenge, you hear all of this direction to where you're supposed to go, that you don't say, I don't want to do that. I think I want to go this other direction. I think I want to do this. And sometimes we think that we know better. Now, I'm not sure if I told you about this part of my call journey that got me here, but I was a sophomore in high school, and it was at church camp, and a lot of great stuff happens at church camp, and um, so I heard the call for the first time to go into ministry when I was in 10th grade, so I was about 15 years old. And I said, are you sure? Are you sure about this? Because I'm going to be a pharmacist. Don't you know? And I think I know better than you because there's a couple of things that, that I, I'm not okay with. Number one, uh, pastors don't get a lot of money, so being a pharmacist, that's a little bit better. Uh, number two, girls really don't like pastors that much, you know, and they would probably prefer the whole uh, pharmacy gig and whatnot. So I understand, I hear you, but I don't know, you might be mistaken, God. And so I continue to do my thing. I continue to go on my own direction, not God's direction. Um, and yet, through all of this, I'm right back here. And that's not just for me. It happens to all of us. It really, really does. And so today, we 
look at somebody else's life, somebody else's story that we might be very, very familiar with. And since Vacation Bible School is coming up, this is one thing that I have found a lot in Vacation Bible School, this particular story, as well as in Sunday schools. And we are so familiar with it. Maybe you're not so familiar with this one. I would highly recommend it, by the way. But you are familiar with the story of Jonah. And you probably even are associating, when you think of Jonah, you think of a whale, right? Well, my hope and my prayer is that you would be able to see things in a whole new way. Because Jonah is part of the, prof the prophetic part of the Bible, of the Old Testament, as well as wisdom. And it can be both, and it is both. Because prophetically, Speaking, it, it, it rightfully, rightfully finds its place in between Obadiah and Micah. So it's in that canon right there. And perhaps unknowingly or unwillingly, Jonah is indeed a prophet of God. Because in its very rudimentary sense, to be a prophet means to be the mouthpiece, a human mouthpiece for God's word. Now, the book of Jonah can also be considered wisdom literature. And it's considered this way because it serves a purpose. It has a story that has a moral teaching full of examples of what to do and also what not to do. And regardless of how you might interpret this, the book of Jonah, maybe it's a prophetic, maybe it's the book of wisdom, maybe it's these things combined together, however you see it, my hope is it's you like Pete the Cat, will be able to see through these lenses, these cool blue magic sunglasses, kind of, but the lens of Scripture, and be able to see it in a whole new way. And so we start with this. This is what happens many, many times in our lives, in different ways and in different times, but there's this overwhelming thing that this happens with all humans. We run from God. Knowingly or unknowingly, willingly or unwillingly, we run from God. So this is our hope that we can look through the lens of Scripture and be able to find some wisdom, find some prophetic wisdom, and to help us with our journey from running away from God and turning and running toward God in our time of need. So it begins like this. I'm, this is the whole book of Jonah, and I'm not going to go over all of it, but I'm going to kind of pick parts. So I'm going to go over um, the first, second, third, and fourth chapters. And that's all of Jonah. In this very small book, you have so much wisdom and so much that can be learned from. So here we go. And pay attention to how it starts, because we'll see something very, very similar in just a little while. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah... Son of, let me see, Amete, saying, Go at once. So that means, like, do it right now, just like whenever you say something to your, your kids. Don't clean up your room next week. Clean it up right now. So it says, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up. Uh, has come up before me. But Jonah, but, see that but? This is what's supposed to happen. 
But Jonah set out to flee Tarshish, to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Now, as you might remember, something happens on the ship. He's fleeing God, right? He's trying to get away from what God had impressed upon him. Hey, this is what I want you to do. Go at once. And he goes at once in the opposite direction. And so this is Jonah's attempt to flee. Jonah begins by going down to Joppa. And this begins the downward movement for the first half of the book. Again, there's only four chapters, but it's the first half of the book that there's this kind of downward descent, this kind of spiraling out. And it culminates with the depth of the sea. So Jonah is physically going down to Joppa from inland hills to the Mediterranean coast, but he's also going down spiritually as he attempts to run from God's presence. And you and I know that you cannot run from God's presence. Wherever you go, God is there. In a good way, and maybe sometimes in a bad way, but for the most part, in a good way. And he figures out that if he can go far enough, if he can just get out of the jurisdiction, if you will, of Yahweh, then he can be outside of his control as well. And it will be like nothing ever happened. And so he figured that he can do this. And this sounds kind of like some misguided reasoning. Right? It sounds like he's not in his right mind. And it sounds like he thinks that he can outsmart God. And he thinks that he knows better than God. Now, we don't do that, right? We don't think that we know better than God. When we hear something impressed upon our lives that we're supposed to do this and that you need to go here and you need to do that, we're like, mm-hmm, sure. But did you know this, God? Of course God knows. It's God. And so this gets to the point where things are, are, are bad on the boat because the boat is being tossed about. And all this is because Jonah is not obeying God. And he thinks that he's outside of God's control. But no, sir, he is not. So it gets to the point where these sailors, these heathen sailors, these heathens, because they don't believe in the same Yahweh, the same God, that they are even more pious than Judah. And what do they do with him? They throw him overboard because they're like, I don't want him to be in my boat because if God's not happy with him, he's not happy with everybody around him. So I don't want him on my boat. I want to be in the clear. And so we continue on to, to chapter two. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. Again, you think... You heard, and you probably hear a lot of times. I think it's a um, the King James version that says whale, and that we just got it in our in our minds that it was a whale, but it says fish, saying, "I called to the Lord out of my distress, and He answered me out of the belly of Sheol." I cried, and you heard my voice, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you, with what I have. Vowed, I will pray, I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. 
Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it spewed Jonah out upon the dry land. Now, this is what happens. Jonah is now swallowed up by this great fish. Now, Yahweh appoints a dag. And this dag, that is the Hebrew word for fish. And it doesn't say what kind of fish. It doesn't say how, how big of a fish or how small of a fish or anything like that. It is used for a fish. And it is impossible to tell what kind of fish swallowed Jonah. But obviously somebody something bigger than Jonah, right? Now the main point here is not to be caught up in all this. Is it a fish? Is it a whale? How big is it? The point here is that Yahweh chooses to rescue a disobedient Jonah before he even utters any word of repentance, of sorrow, of anything like that. And the psalm, this is what we just read, is a psalm, basically, that Jonah begins to, to say is basically reversing this downward spiral that he finds himself in the bottom of the ocean. And it's a turning point for him. And his rehabilitation continues when the fish, it doesn't say it here, but in another, uh, and in the, uh, the Hebrew version, it says it vomits, his, vomits him out. This one says spews, but in the Hebrew sense, it vomits, vomits him out onto dry land. And it seems a little absurd at the moment, but Jonah can be ascending now from his spiritual depths but physically he's a wreck and so we continue on with chapter 3 now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying get up go to Nineveh the great city and proclaim to it the message that I tell you so Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. And then I'll skip a little bit further. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. So when God saw that the people, what the people did, and again, they repented, I'm kind of skipping over some stuff, but Jonah speaks this word, and they start repenting, even put sackcloth on the animals. Even the animals repent. So when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that had, that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. So, God changes his mind. Jonah did what he was finally asked to do, and they did what they were supposed to do. And I think it's important to, to hear here that um, although Nineveh was a very wicked city. Like the, the only thing I can liken it to is if maybe in 19, I don't know, 1940 something, 
he finds himself instead of on the the shores of Nineveh he finds himself if you can see it this way on the steps leading up to Nazi Germany these that's the same type of bad things that happened in the world that they did to other people they now had to repent of everything that they did in hopes that God would change his mind and not blot them out of the earth forever now Jonah may be obedient now but he's doing so with some reluctance he, he, he's obedient he's doing what God asked him to do but he doesn't like it and all of Nineveh responds with repentance and turning from their evil ways. And God responds with mercy, changing his mind over what he would have done to them. God's mercy in this case, God's mercy overrides God's justice. And so it ends in verse 9 in this way. Basically, Jonah pouts. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? Let me back up just a minute. So he finds himself away. He's trying again. He doesn't like what happened. He did what he was supposed to do. God did what God said he might, and he forgave with the repentance, but Jonah didn't like that. And so now he goes to one place and into another place, and it, things are happening around him, and he gets angry for no apparent reason, but he says, uh, but God says to Jonah whenever he's finding him in all this because there's silence until this time. And then Jonah hears this. Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he says, yes, angry enough to die. Again, throwing a fit. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned with Nineveh, about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? The end. What? This is how Jonah ends, with a question. It's a dialogue between God and Jonah, and God is basically scolding Jonah, saying, like, you have no reason to be angry. Like, I was merciful to you, and you want, to with, you want me to withhold my mercy from Nineveh? From those that have repented? Yes, I know what they did was bad, but it's not up to you. It's not up to you. It's up to me, God. And so you have no reason to be angry about all this. And so it ends in a question. It's kind of a... Um, it's kind of a rhetorical question, which we already know the answer to. And so Jonah is confronted with this. And once again, he's faced with the consequences of his actions. And so God, what we have to be reminded is that God is a universal creator. Like he created the entire universe, everything that we see, everyone in it, everything in it. And God bears responsibility for all of humanity, even the animals. And in Jonah's pity party, is it appropriate? Is it appropriate how much, if it is appropriate, how much more is God's understanding and mercy and concern for Nineveh appropriate? 
Jonah does not speak again. And the author here, just as you saw, leaves the reader or the hearer to answer the book's final question for themselves. Is it right? Is it right that you should be angry? And should I not do this? And so I, I ask you this. To think about it this way. Like Judah, you must also dig beneath the surface and understand the motives that drive you into denial, into running away from God and what God has placed on your life. What are you actually fearful of? What are you actually fearful of admitting to yourself and maybe even to God, much less somebody else? Are you scared of facing the consequences if you confess your shortcomings or why you don't even want this to happen in the first place? Are you worried about what other people might think of you? Do you fear failing? Are you feared? Are you fearing being labeled a failure? Now, if your motives are not quite apparent, maybe, maybe you should ask yourself this. So for Jonah... He didn't know, he was so angry, but he didn't even know why he was angry. And it came to pass that he understood now why he was angry, because he was confessing before God, I really didn't want you to forgive them. I think that's why I'm so upset. Now, hearing it out loud, he now can deal with that. But if you're not there, if you don't understand why you were resisting this so much, why are you resisting God's call upon your life, God directing you, to a certain way, God asking you to take on this certain thing or this certain challenge. If you don't know why you fear this or why you're having some type of pushback against it, ask yourself this. Ask God's Spirit to reveal why to you. Spend time studying Scripture to compare your thoughts and actions to what God actually requires. And lastly, seek wise counsel from a trusted friend, from a pastor, or a licensed and trained counselor, an LPC. So that's what can help us uncover all these things as to why we are actually angry in the first place. Now let me pick up Pete the Cat one more time. The thing is, he was very angry because his glasses broke. But as they say in counseling... Very rarely is the issue the real issue. So yes, on the surface, he was upset because his glasses broke. However, what this wise owl, wisdom, scripture, reveals is that he had the power to overcome this in the first place. That this cool blue magic sunglasses just helped him see things in a whole new way. And hopefully, Jonah, this very, very familiar story, I ask that you go back and read it. It's only four chapters. That you see what God is trying to reveal to you. You see that if you're being honest with yourself, you do hear God speaking to you on a daily basis, encouraging you, pushing you to do things that are outside of your comfort zone, doing things that you don't want to do. And you're having this pushback. And you might even say, I don't want to do that. At least not right now. And you put it off till later. Well, God's always going to be there. And God is always going to be there for you. 
So no matter if you run from it, God will run right alongside you. You can't run from God. And hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to be like all these other people who had these um, cool blue magic sunglasses. And then for us, that scripture. For us, it's our faith, this real faith that deals with some real issues and that can be our guiding light whenever we are in the darkness. And hopefully we too can see things as a whole new way and we can see that the birds are shining, that the sky is bright and that everything is now going to be all right. But here's the thing. It's not easy. It's not easy to follow what God is calling and pressing upon your life. But it's not easy, but it is worth it. It is worth it. So, no matter what you're feeling, no matter why you're fearing this following God, maybe what you can uncover about yourself is that Throughout all of this, you might have been fearful of this, so you've been staying away from what God is calling you to. And you might be even putting um, excuse after excuse, or maybe, God, you didn't know this, um, so let me enlighten you on this, because I know better than you, right? It's my life. I know better about my life than you do, God. You might not say it like that, but our actions might say it. And in that, we might be fearful of what is to come because we don't know the future and we don't know what is going to happen outside of our comfort zone. But let me tell you this. Maybe through this entire process, we can understand things in a whole new way. And what we would understand is that we are actually fighting the hands that are trying to hold us. That we are trying to do something against God and God is just saying, would you please just calm down? Know that I'm with you. I am by your side every step of the way. I'm not leading you somewhere that I haven't already gone and prepared for you. Trust me. And that's what faith is all about. That's what real faith is all about. Just saying, all right, God, you know better than I do. You are God. I am not. I trust you. Again, it's not the easiest thing in the world. But it does make a difference and it is the best for you to live into that great and abundant life that God has prepared for you where we can stand firm on the promises of God. So my hope, my prayer is that you would not be running away from God and away from opportunities to follow Him and to be obedient but you would be running towards the hands that are trying to hold you, that are welcoming you in to love and to grace and to mercy. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.